Welcome to the Bible Answer Man. I'm Dr. West. Glad to answer these questions for you. This one comes to us. It says, uh, Dr. West, talk to me about conquering fleshly actions. Uh, conquering fleshly actions. Well, the, the Bible has a great deal to say about this, but the uh, foundation of it that I can quickly think of is comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. And what I'm going to read to you may sound like it's only addressed to a Christian, but really it's addressed to a regenerated person and also to a person who's lost. So if you're, if you're listening to this and you're lost, I've got some things to say to you about it, about how to conquer your fleshly actions, uh, but uh, it's not going to be easy as you think. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, it, uh, the Holy Spirit writing through Paul says this, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit of God, dwelleth in you. You don't know, in the question mark, uh, you don't know that? Temple there, it, it has to do with a, a dwelling place. It's, it's the, basically, you can consider it to be the local uh, church and the, and the people who constitute the local church. And it says, uh, and the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit of God, dwelleth in in you dwelleth there has to do with the indwelling of God in his Trinity fashion, mainly under the primary function of, of the Holy Spirit of God. And in verse 17, to get to uh, another part of this answer about uh, conquering fleshly actions, would say this in 1 Corinthians 3.17, the follow-up verse, it says, if any man defile now man they're just a generic term if any man defile the temple of god him shall god utterly destroy for the temple of god is holy which ye are and there uh defile he says to uh, take away the condition of holiness of a life and purity of doctrine in which it should live now that that's mainly a a, a saved person's uh will happen to them if they defile the uh, the temple of God which is the which is the body their personal body and even it could even extend it in a loose way into the local assembly of God and then God says if you if you do that then he's he's gonna, he's going to take some action against you because if any man defile that the temple I mean if he come against that in any way or or have take away your part of it him shall God destroy, and there's the same. It's the same ramifications for it. He says that God will take away from uh, condition of holiness of life and purity of doctrine in which it should live. So God can remove doctrine out of a church, and the effects of it if a church does not address this. And he said, in other words, he's saying that God will cause uh, that one or that body to wither and, and, and to be uh, guilty, and not fault guilty rather, but find the, uh, uh, their, their being deg degraded and, and withering away. And th this may help too. The way that you can keep your mind pure and not let this happen to you <clears throat> is in Galatians 5.22 where it talks about the, the soul of a man generally. And there again, man is a general term, generic term. And it says there, the fruit of the Spirit is love. That's the primary one because 
the Bible tells other places that love covers a multitude of sins. Now, each of these I'm going to give to you, and there's a number of them, Satan will pervert every one of them. And in this love, I don't, I don't have to expound greatly on this. To the Christian, this means that we're to love people as Christ would love them. We don't, we're not to love their actions and their perverseness, and we, we need to call them on that, but we need to love them. And of course, Satan has done that. If you look around, the more and more I see people are living together, and they don't feel any compulsion to be, to be, uh, uh, to feel bad about that, that they made a bad decision. And out of every one of these that I see, people are, people are, are living together, cohabitating, and uh, they, they're they taking advantage of each other. And I've said this in another teaching before, the woman, 99 out of 100 times, to use an example loosely, the woman is going to be the one who pays the price by an, uh, a, an uh, a, a unwanted pregnancy, and the child then is either aborted, which is a greater sin, because there you're guilty of murder of a of an unborted child. If you if that's why I'm thinking about this, anybody who would support abortion on demand as a loose way of birth control, I think you need to get with a good minister who can get you to the delivered out of a demonic activity. So yes, love is the primary one. But it, it depends on how it's utilized. The next one is joy. Well, a Christian can have joy in the, in the, in the middle of a storm. You people who are unsaved, you, you can have a semblance of joy. You see people jumping up down at, at uh, professional games and in places where they're excited. But uh, that's false joy. It, that's not real joy. Real joy is a permanent. It's not just a surface thing. And, a, and as an unsaved person, you you can't you can never know joy in this life until you come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And fact is, right now, if you just want to bow your head and say, "Lord, save me, a, a sinner," I accept the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord, and I turn from my wicked ways by the help of the Holy Spirit. I'll make you my Lord as you allow me to do that. I accept you as my Lord. As, I, as you allow me to do that, I'm now saved because I confess that you're my sacrifice for sin in Jesus' name. The next one on the list is peace. There again, the world tries to find ungodly and the world tries to find peace in all kinds of false things, alcohol, booze, sex, whatever, gambling, whatever. And the, and the Christian is the only one who has a supernatural ability to get peace in their life. The next one, long-suffering. Don't tell me as a Christian you can't conquer these things and you can't overcome them because Bible says in this Galatians 5 chapter that you can. You're given the ability to have long-suffering. You don't have to give in to the, to the war of the flesh. You as unsaved people, you, you don't have this. You can't do it. You you got to try, but you're always going to lose the battle and normally the police will get involved if you don't. If you, jail time and, and going put in jail and being penalized or sued for it is your end result if you try to do it, but you're not going to be able to conquer it because it's in your soul until you come to the Lord. Gentleness. Christians can do this. Uh, it, gentleness does not mean, uh, it just means kindness, really. It doesn't mean a, a person that you can walk on. God never takes away a person's right for, to self-defense if they want to exercise that. But uh, you who are unsaved, if you're listening to this program, if you haven't turned me off by now, 
You, you can't be gentle. You, you, can, you can give a semblance of it, but you can't do that because it's a godly trait. And the next one is goodness. Well, there's none good but God. And since a Christian is part of God, then they can, they can do that with the help of the Holy Spirit. As, a, as an unsaved person, you can't do anything, anything good. And there's no good organizations out there. And, and if you look at the root cause of them, the, or the root of all these organizations purport to be helping the, the indigent and, and, the, and the down and outers and the feed the hungry and work on the saving the, uh, uh, helping the, those who are deformed in one way or the other. And we, they call it the real good organization. Well, they're lying to you through their teeth because if you chase the money down, you'll find out who they really are. Next one is faith. Well, God gives the unsaved person enough faith to do things. The primary one is that he gives you the faith. If you want to accept his imploration by the Holy Spirit to get saved, he'll give you saving faith. The Christian then he, he, you're his child. He'll give you faith to believe when the, for the impossible because uh, faith is a is a start of, of of a wonderful world of dealing with God and letting Him deal with you, having ultimate trust in God Himself. The next one is meekness. I've said this before. Meekness does not mean that you're a, a, a limp-wristed, weak type of an individual. It just means that you're temperate. You 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 can look at people in spite of the circumstances and and and, and still show forth a wonderful spirit. The next one is temperance. And temperance here is just self-control. So there again, you can have self-control. You don't have to lend yourself to everything that in the old phraseology of ticks you off. You can you can uh, deal with that out of love, or you can just choose to walk away from it because you do have self-control. You don't. Anybody who says they lose self-control is lying to themselves and trying to va- uh, validate their sin. Fact is. Uh, they that are Christ have, have crucified the flesh with the affections, the passions, and lusts thereof. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. That's available to the Christian. You unsaved people can't do that. So I would implore you, I, I would pray that you come to the Lord. If, you, if you're listening to this, if you're a Christian, you have unsaved family members or loved ones, then share this with them, this teaching with them. Unsaved people... You can never partake of these in your own strength. Forget it. You can't conquer these things because Satan and demonic activity uh, is too strong for you. The regenerated can. They can do this. So, considering conquering fleshly actions, I think I've covered this. Now just listen to it a number of times and bring your friends in to let them listen to it and pull up some of our other Bible answer mans. They'll bless you, and I pray that they do. This is Dr. West saying farewell. Lord bless you till next time.